Hello, I'm Garrett Barosian, and I'd like to personally wish you a happy and blessed new year. Thank you for joining me today in this bonus episode, the Wave Capitals guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment. It's so wonderful to connect with you on my podcast as I invite you to explore many aspects of relationship building with me throughout this series. You'll soon realize why it matters that we, as human beings, live in a world filled with a plethora of relationships. It's a new year, and there isn't a more perfect time than now to evaluate your relationship building skills. This podcast will help you delve into relationship building on a whole new level and should serve as a blueprint on how to become a successful relationship builder. You might ask, how is this possible? Well, as the host of the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment, I've been interviewing notable professionals from all walks of life about a topic I'm very passionate about, relationship building. Without relationship building, I wouldn't be where I am today. My guests are equally passionate about building relationships and team environments. All of them have achieved monumental success in their respective fields of sports, media, and business because they have prioritized and continue to prioritize the development of significant relationships throughout their careers, as well as in their personal lives. I could have interviewed many other industry-related professionals, but I chose to stick with three, sports, media, and business, because there's so much overlap of relationship building amongst these three fields. My guest's success is a testament to being selfless, focused, committed, with great perseverance to work toward common goals on teams of people who have mutual love, kindness, and respect for one another. I thank relationship building for all my success, which wouldn't be possible without my faith in God and the people who I love the most, my wife, my son, and the rest of my family. And I care a lot about the guests I've interviewed on my podcast. In this speaker series, my guests include those who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame, Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, honored by the Baseball Hall of Fame, Olympic medalists, coaches of the year, NBA and NFL first round draft picks and NBA, NCAA and Super Bowl champions. This inspiring and accomplished group of guests continues to grow by the weeks. It has been a great honor and privilege to interview all my guests. Some of them include College Football Hall of Famer and National Champion Head Coach for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Lou Holtz, ESPN Baseball Journalist and Analyst and Book Author, recently honored by the Baseball Hall of Fame, Tim Kirkchen, Basketball Hall of Famer and former NBA Coach of the Year, Del Harris, Basketball and Women's Basketball Hall of Famer and second female coach in NBA history, Nancy Lieberman. ESPN College Basketball Analyst and two-time Atlantic Coast Conference Coach of the Year, Seth Greenberg. Fox News Correspondent and former ESPN anchor, Kevin Cork. Fox Play-by-Play Broadcaster, Kenny Albert, son of Marv Albert. Two-time NBA Champion, Lionel Hollins. Super Bowl Champions, Jacques McClendon, Ryan Harris, Jim Covert, and Gary Reasons. The COO, President, Vice Chairman, Alternate Governor, and Minority Owner of the NBA Charlotte Hornets, Fred Whitfield. And the list continues to grow 
as these are just some of the many people I've had one-on-one -on -one conversations with about relationship building in a team environment. That's why I'm so excited to bring to you these in-depth personal conversations to listen to and enjoy at your convenience wherever you call home. It's my hope that you gain a lot of helpful insight and find the content to be engaging and informative. In each interview, I've asked my guests what relationship building means to them. They all share with me how key relationships with mentors, colleagues, coaches, coaching staffs, players, teammates, teachers, friends, and family members at unique and pivotal moments in their lives have shaped their personal and professional paths in so many positive and life-changing ways. There are so many stories shared, including former NBA coach Jell Harris's reaction to the sudden news of Magic Johnson's retirement from the NBA's Los Angeles Lakers in 1991. The Weather Channel's Steve Pederak's memorable connection with internationally acclaimed chef and humanitarian Jose Andres during a natural catastrophe. Nancy Lieberman's close and impactful friendships with both the late Muhammad Ali and Kobe Bryant and Richard Yergin III suffering a traumatic accident during his football playing career at Clemson University, which became a triumph as he has been relying on a strong faith with God to carry him through all aspects of his life. Each one of my guests have been a part of history. They've learned from both their setbacks and successes and everything in between. They've made great differences in the lives of others which all wouldn't be possible without the impacts of others on them. It's all cyclical. As you will come to find out, the common denominators of all these men and women are that they're very strong, persevering, and resilient people. And some of the greatest winners in life because they continue to win at relationship building. Relationship building is the essence of humanity. Since the beginning, relationships have helped humans evolve and sustain through the best and worst of times. No matter who you are, your ethnicity, nationality, socioeconomic status, professional career, religious, political, or personal preferences, there never should be any barriers when it comes to building bridges with others. Barriers only exist by those who don't understand the concept of relationship building. You don't build bridges to then tear them down. Building relationships will help us get through anything that life throws at us. My advice to you is to never let the foundations of your relationships crumble. There are no excuses to not be relationship builders, which means any one of us has the power to be great relationship builders. Bridge builders, as I also like to call them, know that it takes a village to keep building, strengthening, and protecting relationships over time. This is not an overnight process or a one-time occurrence. It takes a lot of time, but certainly it's well worth your time to create healthy and thriving environments with your relationships. Whether you're a son or daughter, husband or wife, employee or boss, coach or athlete, anchor or producer, environments of relationship building must include elements of trust, kindness, support, respect, understanding through communication, and persistence. The only time relationship building doesn't last is if, if one of the aforesaid elements doesn't exist. 
When relationship building is at its finest, that's when goals are achieved. Problems are solved, objectives are fulfilled, and therefore our society benefits, which makes the world we live in today a much better world tomorrow. Our quality of life only enhances with a love and passion for relationship building. You could be a doctor, lawyer, student, teacher, engineer, consultant, business owner, government, or military official. No matter the title you hold or the role you serve, whether in the public or private sectors, you have a moral responsibility to do the very best you can, completing duties and tasks as a professional with unimpeachable integrity and ethics. When you have a team of relationship builders working together for common goals, the very best work to be done will always be possible. I'd like to now take several minutes to tell you more about who I am and how relationship building impacted my life in my formative years, which in my case was at the most critical time for me. I was born in Hackensack, New Jersey, which is just outside of New York City and grew up in Florida's Naples and Tampa Bay area. I'm American born of Armenian descent. I love my faith and my lovely and amazing wife. We're happily married and proud parents of our wonderful and sweet little boy. I love date nights with my wife, spending time with our son and the rest of our family, playing basketball, writing, reading, reporting, consulting, cooking, conducting interviews and connecting with others by having philosophical conversations about the world. Before I knew the definition and concept of relationship building, I was young and inquisitive, always thinking in a reflective capacity with thought-provoking ideas, wanting to understand life's lessons early on and connect with the world around me. Unfortunately, I didn't experience relationship building early on in my childhood. Outside of a blessed, loving, and nurturing home provided by my parents for my sister and me. But in school, I was an introvert and sadly suffered many years of being picked on and bullied by other students at the elementary, middle, and high schools that I attended. I had very few friends growing up and my confidence was nearly non-existent. I was a good student, but not the best student. I credit my diligence, work ethic, and never give up attitude to get through school. I also had to deal with stress and anxiety when it came to studying and taking tests and exams. Like so many young people who love sports, I aspire to be a collegiate and an NBA player from ages four to 17. Unfortunately, my high school freshman, junior varsity and varsity basketball coaches, as well as some teachers didn't believe in me. They didn't believe I could play the game of basketball or excel in the classroom at a high level instead of taking the time as educators to help me reach my full potential. They merely saw me as a very limited role player on the bench or limited in my intellect in the classroom. Their beliefs couldn't have been further from the truth. They failed at relationship building. By the time I was a senior in high school, I instead decided to focus completely on the most important thing, which is my academics, to get into the best college or university possible in the country. I knew deep down that I had the God-given skills and abilities to be a collegiate basketball player and the intellect to be an everyday A-plus student, but I didn't have a lot of relationship builders to guide me during the most critical times of my teenage years. Having dealt with these past experiences, I too have the greatest appreciation 
for Hall of Fame coaches such as Lou Holtz, Del Harris, Nancy Lieberman, and fellow Tar Heel Roy Williams, who I met back in April of 2016 in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, just days before Coach Williams coaches Tar Heels to the national championship game. He would win his third national championship as a head coach the following year. As I got older, I learned the difference between someone who coaches or teaches and others who coach or teach exceptionally well. I'm sure you can point to areas of your life where relationship building was missing and then realizing the difference when relationship building was present and achievable because you had the right mentors and believers around you to cheer you on and support you in your pursuit of personal and team goals. The greatest forms of relationship building are with your faith, family, and others who you care about and are a part of your overall support system. You know, there's something to be said about someone else denying you the right to carry out a dream of yours, no matter how big or small, no matter how realistic or rare. That denying is wrong, irresponsible, and disingenuous. Nobody has the right to stand in your way of excellence. Hosting this podcast, I hope what I'm sharing with you in this bonus episode and what you'll hear in all the episodes with my guests, that you live a life prioritizing relationship building in a team environment. You recognize how to avoid others who stand in your way. And you instead team up with others who will stand beside you and stand up for you as you would do the same for them. Such as an athlete, don't ever leave anything out on the court or field. And in life, don't ever leave any good, healthy, and honorable relationship behind. Only good relationships of people who have positive impacts on your life are the only and best relationships you'll ever need. Despite the many individuals early on who failed to become relationship builders in my life, there was one high school teacher and mentor of mine, Robert W. Bradshaw, who I'm forever thankful to call a friend and like a family member. He was my junior year high school American history teacher. He grew up in Philadelphia, a product of Yale University with a JD from Temple University. He was a sports journalist, high school basketball coach, and the Dean of Admissions of the University of Pennsylvania. He would tell me about the influential people who had positive impacts on his life and teach me about life lessons, sports history, politics, and current events. Mr. Bradshaw is the ultimate elite relationship builder. He's a great American and a man of great intellect and principle. I wish everyone in life has a friend and mentor like Mr. Bradshaw. Despite the bullying I endured, I managed to overcome the pain and loneliness through unyielding mental fortitude. My parents and sister were a great support system with a lot of love, kindness, and compassion. I never told them until years later how much bullying I encountered, which brought me an exorbitant amount of stress and anxiety that I dealt with alone. As a teenager, you don't fully understand the future repercussions from an accumulation of stress and anxiety on your mind and body until many years later. My family knew what I endured from my middle school days, but not nearly the extent of the bullying I had faced during my time in high school. As an impressionable teenager, I was embarrassed and confused to share with anyone what I was going through primarily from the late 1990s to the mid 2000s 
roughly a seven-year period. When I eventually told my parents, sister, and Mr. Bradshaw, as I still respectfully address him, starting with Mr. to this day, they were sad for me, angry that it happened to me, and wish I told them sooner. I don't blame my high school self for not saying anything sooner because I didn't know then how to begin asking for help. I'd like to share with you four key examples of early relationship building that happened to me from ages 16 to 18 years of age. Despite all the adversity and obstacles in my life, up until that time, I was about to journey through the defining moments in my final years as a teenager. One day during the second semester of 2005, Mr. Bradshaw asked me to run for student body president. He determined from getting to know me as a student for the past year that I had a bright, blossoming future ahead of me. He figured at that point, it was vital for an introvert like me to branch out of my comfort zone and take the bold steps of doing something that I never thought was possible. I was up to the task and I agreed with Mr. Bradshaw to run. So I created and promoted my own campaign, prepared my own speech, and then delivered that speech in front of three other students also running for the position, as well as the rest of the student body, faculty, and staff. Just an audience of at least 400 people sitting in the bleachers in our schools and gymnasium. Days leading up to the speech, I remember telling Mr. Bradshaw that my campaign signs were being taken down some of them disappearing, and others torn apart, lying on the ground. Mr. Bradshaw told me neither to be discouraged nor deterred by other students who were threatened by my sudden emergence in the spotlight. The day came when I delivered my speech. I was the first one of the four candidates to give it, and the other three students' speeches followed. My speech was about a five-minute address in length, and I just remember how confident and comfortable I was feeling. Not typical for me at that time, but my words that day were flowing like a river and there were no large stones impeding my speech's current. The most important words were when I said, dealing with pressure builds character, which means when the pressure builds, so does your character. The strength of your character will determine your strength as a relationship builder. At the conclusion, I was shocked by a loud round of applause and cheering from every person in that gym humbling. It was a memorable speech. I was pleasantly surprised that the applause lasted for about 15 or so seconds. Although I lost a campaign, I won with effort, boldness, and perseverance. Mr. Bradshaw made the point that despite entering the race later than the other candidates, I should be proud of what I had accomplished. As a very competitive person I am, I wasn't disappointed in the outcome of the race. The only thing that mattered to me was that I was happy because finally, there was one person who stood out amongst the rest as a relation builder I needed in my life. Were there other teachers who thought well of me and knew that I worked hard? Sure, they did. However, it was one teacher who had this worldly and sophisticated view of what my future success could be. The one teacher to recognize my full potential. The one teacher who had great hopes and lofty expectations for me. The one teacher who referred to me as a future U.S. sender, the double cheeseburger, and a person who has the perseverance necessary for the long haul. That one teacher was Mr. Bob Bradshaw. He valued the substantial nature of my being. And from that moment forward, 
of experience affect a relationship building in a team environment for the first time, I never look back. Later that year, in the summertime of 2005, my father, Raymond, befriended a gentleman by the name of Fred Whitfield, who's one of the guests on my podcast. At the time, Fred was the Director of Business and Legal Affairs of the Jordan brand, a division of Nike Incorporated. Today, Fred is the COO, President, Vice Chairman, Alternate Governor, and Minority Owner of the NBA's Charlotte Hornets. And he and other key executives helped Michael Jordan, the Majority Owner and Chairman of the Hornets, run the team. My father and I also met a gentleman by the name of Seth Bennett, who's currently the Chief Marketing Officer of the Hornets. When I think of the Charlotte Hornets, I always think of three individuals, Michael, Fred, and Seth. Following a surprise announcement from my 17th birthday earlier that spring, my father brought me along with three of his business associates in 2005 to Greensboro, North Carolina, to be a part of the annual Hoop Tea Celebrity Golf Classic, named after Fred's nonprofit entity, Hoop Tea Charities Incorporated. It was a very memorable several days that summer. My father and his associates were teamed up with Hall of Famer, Chicago Bears legend, and Super Bowl champion Richard Dent on the golf course. Numerous executives and businessmen, including from Delta Airlines, were in attendance. If my memory served me well, the men from Delta played golf on Michael Jordan's team. As Hoopty's festivities for the several days commenced, I was enrolled in Hoopty's Affiliated Achievements Unlimited Basketball Camp, also known as the AU Basketball Camp, led by Fred with hundreds of other campers. It was during that week that I played the best basketball of my life up until that time. I've been playing basketball since the age of four. Growing up, I played six summer seasons of basketball at the YMCA. Spent countless hours every day of every summer in the gym playing basketball at the YMCA. I think back to the numerous times playing against some of the best basketball players back then in the Tampa Bay area. However, for my age group, the greatest level of competition I had ever been a part of before, during, and since was not at my high school and was not at the YMCA. It was at the Achievements Unlimited Basketball Camp in Greensboro, North Carolina. I loved the game of basketball. Sometimes I think back to that extraordinary week in Greensboro. I have vivid memories of playing the most exciting, intense, and passionate games of basketball with and against very skilled athletes from across the country. It was by far the best basketball I had ever played. It was relationship building at its finest. It was an honor and a privilege to be a camper at Fred's AU basketball camp. I'm humbled to say, as a former AU camper, that I was a very, very small part of the extraordinary legacy that Fred has created Hoop Tea. In 2005, the year that my father and I were there, all the guests and golfers for Hoop Tea's festivities stayed at the Grand Over Resort in Greensboro. Every morning and afternoon, Seth Bennett's wife, Michelle, would drive me to and from the Grandover Resort to the AU basketball camp. Their son, Seth, would be with us as well on the car rides to and from the camp. Seth, the son, is now a college basketball player at Coker University, who previously played at UNC Charlotte. That week, I felt like I was the luckiest 17-year-old in the world. At Hoopty, I met my basketball idol, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. Other notable guests in attendance that I got to meet at Hoop Tea included Carmelo Anthony, Alonzo Mourning, Ron Harper, Charles Oakley, Chris Paul, Larry Fitzgerald, Greg Anthony, Kenny Smith, Dre Bly, Richard Dent, 
Hall of Fame baseball player, the late Joe Morgan, broadcaster James Brown, and ESPN journalist Stephen A. Smith. NBA Hall of Famer Allen Iverson, who I would meet years later in Charlotte, was correct when he said in his Hall of Fame speech, there's an aura around Michael. During the first evening event at Hoop Tea, my father and I walked up to Michael. My father introduced him and me to Michael and said to him, Michael, it's an honor. This moment is forever for my son. In high school, people called him MJ. And Michael looked at my father and then with his supreme confidence and a kind smile, looked at me and said, well, you gotta grow a little bit, don't you boy? I don't remember too well what my reaction was after Michael looked at me and said that because I was in so much awe at that moment. But he shook both my hand and my father's hand and shortly thereafter, I got a picture taken with Michael. Vividly, I remember, Michael wore a Chicago Bulls type of red color shirt and blue jeans, and I wore my tri-color of white, orange, and brown striped Grandover Resort golf shirt. I cherish that picture more than any other sports-related picture or memorabilia that I possess. My sister bought a beautiful silver metallic frame with a crimson red border for my picture with Michael. It's on display in my home office. I've met and talked to athletes before, like Derek Jeter, Charles Barkley, Larry Fitzgerald, Chris Paul, Ken Griffey Jr., Bo Jackson, and I've had conversations with others who are NCAA champions, NBA champions, World Series champions, Super Bowl champions, but there's only one Michael Jordan. My nickname in high school was MJ because of my admiration for Michael's greatness as the greatest basketball player of all time. One of the numbers I wore in high school was Michael's number 23. We're both University of North Carolina and Chapel graduates, and both have lived in the cities of Charlotte and Wilmington, North Carolina. Growing up, I remembered many of Michael's NBA career statistics and watched countless hours of the same highlights of Michael's playing career as a Tar Heel, Bull, and Wizard. Like so many people around the world, I too wanted to be like Mike. I've watched the Last Dance Netflix docuseries more times than I can remember. My final memory of Michael at Hoop Tea was when I and several others were standing next to him as he sat in a black limousine about to leave to head to one of his son's basketball games. I asked Michael for his autograph. He said yes, and with great class and patience, in the midst of all the requests for his attention during his very busy morning schedule, he signed my Achievements Unlimited Air Jordan t-shirt. I haven't to this day worn the t-shirt and I never will. 10 years later in 2015, my father and I would attend Michael's acceptance speech for a Charlotte Business Journal's Business Person of the Year Award at the then Time Warner Cable Arena in Uptown Charlotte. It was standing room only of 200 or so people. It was an honor to be in his presence for a very special occasion. Michael was very close to his father. And by seeing my father and me at Hoop Tea, I like to think that we had an instant bond with Michael. He had never met my father and me before, but Michael, as the Last Dance Netflix docuseries featured, was always present, always in the moment. I can attest to that fact. During the moments we were with Michael, I could tell he connected with us, meaningfully, on a personal level. What happened toward the end of the 2005 Hoopty Celebrity Golf Classic was something that wasn't taught to me. It was innate. 
an organic inclination on three by five note cards of all the attendees I met during those several days, I collected their business cards. If they didn't have business cards, I neatly wrote down their first and last names, email addresses, phone numbers, and the names of their organizations. I gave the note cards to my father. He was impressed that I took great interest in an organized manner to stay in contact with everyone. I didn't know what professional networking was or that it could lead to business development, which could then lead to relationship building. I would learn the art of all that through my own professional life's experiences years later. But at 17 years old, I experienced positive reinforcement when having meaningful conversations with adults at Hoopty. They treated me as an equal and valued what I had to say about various topics. Everyone was friendly, kind, and approachable. Everyone was engaging in conversation, getting along, and enjoying the company of others. I was passionate about keeping contact with people we met at Hoopty. From 2005 to present day, I've kept in contact with Seth, and in recent weeks, got reconnected with Fred. The professional relationships with Seth and Fred are a couple of the numerous examples of how even 18 years later, I can send an email or call these gentlemen on the phone. I value my interactions with these gentlemen as fellow relationship builders. You know, life has polar opposites. There are North and South Poles. There are Democrat and Republican politics. Water is either hot or cold, either boiling or freezing. While there are interns entering the business world, there are 40-year career veterans exiting that same world. It's true also with respect or a lack thereof. On one side of the spectrum, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan showed me one of his billions of fans around the world, more respect than I could ever imagine. While on the other side of the spectrum, just several weeks later back at school, my bully showed me more disrespect than I could ever imagine. That tells me, and that should tell you, that greatness with respect has no limits. It's now my senior year. Mr. Bradshaw and another school administrator got together and decided to start a community service organization called the Ambassadors of Goodwill. Mr. Bradshaw chose me as the organization's first president. In that role, I led the charge with Mr. Bradshaw, who challenged our senior class to step up in a humanitarian way, something the previous senior class in Mr. Bradshaw's mind fell short of in that regard. Whether it was raising money, donating children's books, or canned box and baked goods, teaching lessons in reading, writing, and arithmetic to underprivileged elementary school students, creating a beautiful garden for their elementary school, or assisting visitors at my high school's functions throughout the year, I spent a lot of time leading the ambassadors program with its founder, Mr. Bradshaw. It was a great refuge and provided great relief to help offset at times the insurmountable levels of being bullied. Even though I went through a hell of a time, I was still able to accumulate a total of 125 community service hours in high school. Examples include when I volunteered with my sister at a soup kitchen to feed the homeless, distributed turkey dinner packages during one Thanksgiving holiday to hundreds of families in need. And in my leadership development class, I was a part of designing a safe enrichment space for learning for the underprivileged youth. I enjoyed immensely giving back to the local community. My grades improved dramatically in my senior year. 
as my relationship building experiences grew stronger with Mr. Bradshaw as my go-to mentor. There were three universities I narrowed my college search down to, Spring Hill College, Birmingham Southern College, and the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. I chose Charlotte and the rest was history. A year later, I would transfer to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill before my sophomore year. I also attended Georgetown University the summer before my senior year in Chapel Hill. In another bonus episode, I'll dedicate the time to discuss key relationship building moments as a college student in Charlotte, Chapel Hill, and Washington, DC, and for the past 13 years of my professional career. At the conclusion of my senior year in high school, I was awarded by the faculty the Paul L. Whiting Senior Award for Outstanding Leadership and Service. It's the most prestigious award given by my high school, named after one of the school's board of trustees. At the annual award ceremony before graduation, my name was the last one called, and I received the award in front of a crowd of 200 or so people. I got a standing ovation in a banquet hall filled room of a loud and extended applause. It was the first and only time to date that I would experience that magnitude of reception for such a significant achievement in my life. The day I delivered my student body president speech doesn't even compare to receiving the Paul L. Whiting Senior Award. Receiving that award was very humbling and bittersweet. For the first time, I didn't feel alone in a crowd full of people. I was not singled out by a bully. I was neither ignored nor dismissed by others who didn't believe in me. I was not an afterthought. What an ironic way to conclude high school just days before graduation. Along with the picture of Michael Jordan and me, the other special things displayed in my office, the 2005-2006 Paul L. Whiting Senior Award is also on display on one of my bookshelves. I'm so proud of what the award stands for, outstanding leadership and service. If you're going to leave a legacy in this world and leadership and service are parts of your legacy, what more could you ask for out of your life than giving back to your community and the world? One of the few things I remember from that day was how happy and proud my parents, sister, and Mr. Bradshaw were of me. For someone who faced so much adversity, for seven years leading up to that moment. Receiving the award was another defining chapter in my very young adult life. Having just turned 18 years old a few weeks before, I couldn't have won the award without the ambassadors of goodwill and my mentor and relationship builder, Mr. Bradshaw. From Michael Jordan to Mr. Bradshaw, everything I experienced with relationship building happened for a reason. Relationship building is not a process that you'll experience with just anybody you meet. Not every relationship, as we know, is built to last, because if it's not genuine, then it's not real. As the host of the Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment, I created this podcast to interview people who are genuine about relationship building and who know that real relationship building is only possible when at least two people are all into the process. No matter how similar or dissimilar the two or more people are, at the end of the day, it's about being genuine, honest, truthful, caring, dependable, and supportive. As I conclude this bonus episode, think about what relationship building means to you. Throughout these episodes, take notes and reflect on these conversations. 
I hope it brings you a lot of insight and inspiration that relationship building is the most important thing we'll ever experience in our life and in our world. I want you to think about all the influential people you've met. Think about the types of professional networks you want to have and what career aspirations that you have. If you're still in school, you have plenty of time, but be wise when it comes to choosing a major. You don't necessarily need to know what you'll be doing when you grow up, but research various industries that you find interesting and connect with people in those industries. Relationship building is for all ages, no matter who you are and what you aspire to be at any point in your life. The most important thing is learning. Research and read a lot. Use your time wisely. Talk to a lot of successful people. Associate yourself with people who you foresee yourself working with one day. The world is made up of six degrees of separation or less. You never know how one relationship can bridge you from one opportunity to the next. In closing, it's one thing to have relationships in your life. Relationships with your spouse or partner, your family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, mentors, or whomever else they might be. It's another thing to build and strengthen all those relationships I just mentioned throughout your lifetime. Relationship building is an essential skill that should be valued. How well you build on your relationships will determine how strong they are during times of either change, challenges, or confusion. I hope this podcast can inspire and motivate you to go outside your comfort zone and connect with others on a deep relationship building level. I promise you that relationship building will always be a necessary asset in your life. God bless you. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast my Wave Capital's guest speaker series on relationship building in a team environment.